as we're continuing our series, The Story of God, we have uh, kind of been walking through over the last, last little bit since the beginning of the year. And so one of the cool things I'm excited about, we've kind of gone from creation and Adam and Eve and the beginning, and now we're kind of moving into, obviously there's sin that's wrecked the world and things like that, but now we're getting in to some heroes in the faith. And so over the next few months, there's a lot of men and women that we're going to be looking at in the Old Testament that, uh, and how they lived their life and how they were a part of the bigger story. And, um, and they're, they're heroes in our faith and they're not perfect. In fact, a lot of them were a big hot mess uh, so for, in so many cases that had no business being a part of God's bigger story. And yet God chose them and reached into their life and brought them their story and made it a part of something bigger that he was telling and that's his own. And so that's what we're going to be doing over the next few, uh, few months. And so it's going to be a chance for us to really lean in. And, uh, and there's so many things that we're going to pull away from their stories that we may go, hey, this is thousands of years ago. What does this have to do with me? That we will see so many things that they experience that has relevance to you and me in our lives tonight. And so we last week talked about Noah and uh, kind of that first hero of the faith. And we, we looked at the story of Noah and how Noah was at, a, at that time was the only person on the face of the planet who walked with God. Which just sounds crazy, but that shows how messed up and broken and how violent the world had become and how it had spiraled out of control. And so God did a restart and he took Noah and you know, his family and he took a couple of animals from, from all the animals on the planet and he brought them into the boat, global flood, and he, this was his start over, his do-over. And so if you missed that talk last week, then you can go to our podcast on uh, iTunes or you can go to our students page on the website and you can pull that up and listen to that. Just type in WRC Students. And, uh, and so if you miss any week, then that's a way for you to catch up. And because so much of this ties into each other, if you do miss a week because of schoolwork or because of practice or something, then that's going to be really important for you to go back and, and listen so that you, uh, that you get caught up. All right, so that's what we talked about last week. So that global f- flood. Now fast forward, f- fast forward about 400 years, all right, is where we're going to pick up in the story tonight. So Noah and the ark, the flood, fast forward 400 years, and we are going to be looking tonight at a man who in so many ways struggled with and dealt with and even possessed so much of what we've already been talking about tonight. And so we're going to be looking at a guy who experienced doubt. And especially for those of us that have experienced that, then you're going to lean in tonight as we look at the story of a man named Abraham. Now, we have, if you are in doing our our Tracing the Thread devotional, um, then we started looking at the life of Abraham this week. How many of you guys have picked up one of those books? Raise your hand. All right, a bunch of you have done that. So if you have not done that or you have no clue what I'm talking about, then uh, we'll give you more details at the end of the service of how you can pick one of those up. But this is not something that I'm doing with a few leaders. This isn't just something for a few students to do. This is something that all of us are doing together this year. All right, so if you don't pick one up, then you're kind of, to a certain extent, on the outside looking in and missing a big piece of what we're talking about. Um, And so I encourage you to, to make sure you pick one of those up. And so those Tracing the Thread devotionals, we started looking at the life of Abraham this week. 
And so it may be something that many of us are familiar with. All right, maybe we've heard of Abraham. Maybe we grew up in church. We know Abraham. We know maybe even a few things about him. We've at least heard of the name Abraham, right? But there, I would imagine that there's a lot of us in the room that have never heard of the story of Abraham, right? Um, and some, some of you have never really actually grown up in church. So just by show of hands, how many of you guys, when you were in like really young toddler pre-K and then elementary, you didn't really grow up in church all that much? How many of you guys? Just raise your hand. Something that, that for the rest of us that grew up in church when we were kids had a chance to partake in and be a part of. And so there was, as we learned the story of Abraham growing up, there was a song that we sang. And it was called Father Abraham. How many of you have never heard this song before? All right. You guys are in luck because we're all going to sing it together. So everybody stand up, stand to your feet. This is, this is an all skate. All right. This is for all of us. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to do it together. Don't go running rogue. All right, so if you know it, you've got to sing it out, all right? And we're doing the hand motions too, all right? So don't, don't stand there and just make me look like a fool, all right? Let's all look like a fool together, all right? So here we go. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right arm, Father Abraham. That's it. Has many sons. Come on. And many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right arm, left arm, Father Abraham. Some of you aren't doing it. Have many sons. Come on. And many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot. Father Abraham. Come on. Have many sons. Don't you go dying on me. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot. Father Abraham. Many sons, now you're looking foolish. And many sons had Father Abraham. Come on. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot. Nod your head, Father Abraham. Two more rounds. Many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, nod your head, turn around, Father Abraham, and many sons, last round, come on, many sons had Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, Nod your head, turn around, sit down. Give yourselves a hand. Now you guys have, have been introduced.
So let's be honest, some really crappy songs that we sing as kids, right? Maybe some of you are really holding on tight. I still sing that with my kids. And that's cool. Um, but that's just a weird song. I don't know what the deal is with the arms and the legs. But, uh, but that's what we sang as kids. So maybe that's the extent of your knowledge about Father Abraham. Um, maybe you didn't know anything. And maybe now you wish you didn't know that song. And you can't unlearn it. Um, but I promise you will be going home tonight and you'll be singing that. And then you'll be texting me or whatever going, you idiot, why did you teach me that? Now I can't get it out of my head. You guys can sing it as a small group later if you want. So that may be all you know about Father Abraham, but hopefully by the end of this, we learn a little bit more, much more than just a goofy song, but something that has relevance to our lives tonight. All right, so what, we, what we're going to do is pick up in Genesis chapter 12. All right, starting in verse 1, and here's how Abraham is introduced to us. Says the Lord had said to Abram, all right, later on, he's going to actually, God's going to change his name to Abraham. Says, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So this first conversation that God has with Abraham and he gives him a command, hey, leave everything you've ever known, leave your family, leave your land, leave everything. But he also gives him a promise. I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna make you a father of nations. I'm gonna, everyone on earth is gonna be blessed through you. So you and I and everyone on the planet are the result of this promise that God made to Abraham here in chapter 12. And so what was it about Abraham that God saw? What is it that caused God to look at Abraham and say, all right, follow me, leave everything you you own, and I've got great purposes. I've got a great calling for you. We don't really know. We're not really sure. We're not really told what the backstory is. But like we talked about last week with Noah, we know that God responds to us and to people when we seek him. And so we can only assume that in part, God chose Abraham because he saw someone that loved and worshipped him. So on multiple occasions, not only here in chapter 12, but over the next few chapters, God continually comes back to this promise or some form of this promise of saying, Abraham, I've got a great calling for you. I've got great purposes for you. I am going to make you a father of many nations. I'm going to bless everyone else because of you. So God makes Abraham a promise that he's going to bless him. He's going to make him the father of nations. Sounds like a pretty great promise, right? Not a bad deal for Abraham. All right, cool, God, let's do this. Like, man, I'd love to to be famous. I'd love for everybody to, to know me and know that they came from me and that it's because of me. And like, that's, I think all of us would sign up for that. Like that's a really great promise that Abraham has in this moment. So let's get this thing started. There's just one problem with this promise that that God has made Abraham. Abraham and his wife Sarah can't have kids. Sarah, his wife, is barren. She is unable to have children of her own. In fact, that's that's one of the few things we even know at this point in the story about Adam or about Abraham and Sarah is that they can't have kids. 
So how the heck is God going to let Abraham be the father of many nations and all of these people when he can't even have kids of his own? Have you ever had a moment or a situation when you felt God call you to do something that seemed impossible? Can you think of of a time in your life where maybe there was a command that God gave or you read about a promise as you were spending time with God or or a verse that, that you read, a promise or command of God that you immediately thought of the barriers that prevented that from being true? In my own life, and, I, and I've shared this a couple of times, I, I immediately think about, back to uh, my time in college. And so, about that. And, um, and so one summer, really all throughout college, but especially in the summers, we would go and primarily lead, lead worship for camps like Rush. I mean, that's, that's what we would do. And so uh, one time summer was coming up and we were trying to, to get some things lined up for that summer. And this church from, from Texas called and they said, hey, we want you to come out and lead worship for our camp this summer. And so we're like, yeah, cool, That's, that sounds awesome. And so I remember telling the guys, hey, I'll, I'll go to work tomorrow, I'll ask off work, and then we'll, we'll make this happen. And so next day, I, I go to, to my boss, my supervisor at work, and I'm like, hey, I need uh, th- these dates off. And uh, she looks at her calendar and she says, hey, I, actually, I can't let you do that. That's our peak season. It's a really busy week. There's a lot going on. I can't let you off that week. And so I remember being a little bit disappointed, like, man, that, that was probably going to be a fun week. All right, cool. Thanks for, thanks for trying. And so I, I remember going back home, calling you know, one of the other guys and saying, hey, call that church back. We can't go to that camp in Texas. We're not going to be able to do that. I can't get off work. And so I thought that was the end of it, kind of move on with the next thing. So the next morning, I'm spending time in my you know, time with God, and I'm reading a devotional very similar to Tracing the Thread that we're going through. And there was a verse, and, and as I was spending time reading that, and just, just God was talking to me, there was a, very clearly, God began to tell me, you need to go to that camp in Texas. And so when I first heard it, I'm like, yeah, God, hey, I'm with you. I, I wanted to go too. Um, that was going to be a fun week, but yeah, I don't know if you heard that conversation yesterday, but you know, my, my supervisor said I, I couldn't get off. And so you know, I, I tried, but I'm with you. Man, that that would have been a lot of fun. And so the more I was reading, the more it was like, no. I, God kept saying, I want you to go to that camp. And then it was like, God, did you, did you hear that conversation? I can't get off work. So God, there's, there's a reason why I can't do that. I, I said I would love to go. I can't do it. You know how important that job is to me. You want me to be responsible, have money. I've got bills to pay. It just, it isn't happening. It's not in the card. So, Sorry. And he just kept on. No, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. And so it was to the point, it was so strong. One of the strongest moments of my life where I audibly heard the voice of God. It was so clear and so direct. And and there was no doubt whatsoever in my mind that God was telling me this. And I remember coming to this moment where it was was either, God, do I trust you? Am I going to walk in obedience to what you're calling me to do? Or am I going to continue to look at the barrier and the reason why I can't do it? And I feel like that was in a moment, in a situation that Abraham is facing right here. When he's hearing all these commands and these promises of God and all these things that God has for him. And yet Abraham's going, 
hey, God, little dose of reality here, that's impossible. It can't happen. There's no way that that's going to be possible. And so Abraham hears God's promise and he hears the command that God gives him and he's got a decision to make. And then Abraham does what I think, what I did in that situation and what any of us would probably do. He reminds God of the reasons why it can't happen. In Genesis 15 2, here's what Abraham replies as God makes one of the promises to him. He says, O sovereign Lord, what good are all of your blessings when I don't even have a son? In other words, God, you may have missed something. You may not have been paying attention. You may have missed an important part of this story and a barrier that's in place. I don't even have a son. Sarah and I can't get pregnant. So how is that even a possibility? I love in this response from, uh, from Abraham that he, he calls God, O sovereign Lord. If something is sovereign, it means they are in control over something. And so what Abraham is doing, even in his response back to God, he's telling God the reason why it can't happening while calling God, basically telling the God that, that is in control and can do something about it. And I don't know if it was faith that Abraham was showing there in that moment by calling God, O sovereign Lord, or it was like, here's the barrier, O sovereign Lord, like you, you could do something about this if you wanted to. But I love the fact that he calls him, O sovereign Lord. And God responds in verse five and six. Here's what God says. It says, then the Lord took Abram, Abraham outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. So God, God responds with another promise. God doesn't give him necessarily anything more tangible. He just goes up and says, hey, see all the stars? That's amazing. Like that's a picture of what you're going to have. That's how many descendants you're going to have. And then it says in verse 6, And Abraham believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Later on in the, in the New Testament, in Hebrews and Romans, there's other places where they are referring back to this moment. And the faith that Abraham shows in the situation where it seems like there's an impossible circumstance. And the amazing thing about Abraham is that he knew what stood in the way of God's promise. He was fully aware how impossible God's command was. He even brought that to God's attention as if God didn't already know that. Like, hey, God, just want to make you aware of this. But when God responded to Abraham with a, trust me, look at the stars. That's God's way of saying, hey, just do you trust me? It says Abraham believed God and trusted God. Now, it probably wasn't easy. I doubt that it came naturally for Abraham. I'm sure there were a lot of moments where he's like, what did I just get myself into? You know, where the doubt creeped back in, like so many of us have experienced, where maybe we take that step, but then it's like, man, immediately the doubt floods in and we're like, ah, I can't do this. He even later on asked God for a sign to prove that God would hold true to his promise. But in the face of the obstacles that Abraham faced, Abraham believed God. And when he knew all of the reasons why it couldn't happen, he, choose, he chose to trust in the God who would make it happen. 
And to go back to that example, that was kind of that moment and that situation that I remember facing back in college. Where it was a question of, God, I'm looking at the obstacles. I'm looking at why this can't happen. And I remember like when God just kept reiterating to me, I want you to go there. I want you to go to that camp. What God was saying basically is, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I had to come to that point where it was, do I trust God? Or am am I going to allow the obstacles and the barriers that are in the way keep me from stepping out in faith? And with this story of Abraham in the back of my mind, I remember stepping out and saying, after a lot of, a, a lot of struggling, okay, God, I, I, can't get, I can't shake this voice. I know you're telling me this. There's nothing, there's nothing I can do to get away from it. So either I just flat out ignore you and do my own thing, or I'm going to step out and trust you. And so I remember even, it was such a significant moment in my life where I remember getting on my face before God and just saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I don't know what the results are going to be. I don't know if I'm going to go into work tomorrow and lose my job because of this. And I don't know what I'm going to do. That's a big deal. But God, I'm going to trust you. I remember getting up and I remember picking up the phone and telling the guys, hey, call that church. We'll go, we'll go to this camp. I don't know how I'm going to get off, but we'll go. And I remember the next day or later, later that day going into work. And there was a part of me, in all honesty, that thought, all right, that was just a, a test and a trial. And because I told God I was going to do it, I'll walk in and God will change my supervisor's heart. And she'll go, hey, it's all right. You know, I, God spoke to me in the middle of the night and told me to let you off, right? So I'm thinking this as I walk up to my boss. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm sure God probably changed your mind about our conversation, right? I need to get off that week. And she just looked at me and had the same response. Hey, I told you yesterday, I, I can't let you off. It's too busy. I'm sorry. And I remember taking a deep breath and just saying, all right, then I'm, I'm going to have to turn in my, my two-week notice. And she tried to talk me out of it. Are you sure about that? And I said, look, I can't explain it. Like, there's a lot going on here. I just feel like I really need to be at this thing that is the same week. And so I remember standing there at her desk and filling out the paperwork, signing away a job that I had for two or three years and really enjoyed and didn't know what else I was going to do. And I remember walking out of, out of work going, what the heck, God? Like, what am I going to do? I thought this was just a test. I passed the test, right? Well, Why don't you just let me keep my job and still be able to go on that trip? And so long story short, we go to that week. It's an amazing week. God does so many things over the course of that week. In my own life, used us as a a band that week to to minister to students. It was just one of the most memorable, life-changing weeks of my life. But on top of that, that was the camp that I met my wife Angie at. And there are, there are so many moments where I look back and just, there were obstacles in the way. There were reasons why it didn't make any sense for me to step out and trust God. And so many of us have had those moments and those situations where we've, we've wrestled with those things. And we've focused a lot of times more on the barrier than we have on what God's calling us to. And you guys have heard this in some form or fashion before, I'm sure. But we can either remind God how big our obstacle is, or we can remind the obstacle how big our God is. And my question to you tonight is, are you holding on tighter to that obstacle or to that barrier 
or are you holding on tighter to your God? Who do you have more trust in? And I'm sure there's a lot of moments and, and things where I've wondered even, like, what would happen if Abraham had said, hey, oh God, like, man, stars are amazing. Like, that, that's my dream. Like, I would love that. That'd be amazing. But, man, there are, like, there are all these reasons. Like, I'm looking at reality here, God, and there's no reason why this could happen. We're almost 90 years old. That's a big deal. She hasn't had kids. Like, it's, there's too many reasons why this is impossible. And I don't know how that story would have played out. And maybe that's in part why God chose Abraham, because he knew that, God, that Abraham would believe God and trust him. I've often thought, what if I told God no in that situation? Like, how ridiculous does that look, looking back to go, no, I, God, I really enjoy this part-time job where I'm making seven bucks an hour. Like that, that was a big deal in that moment and it was something that I held on so tightly to and it was such a big barrier. And now I look back and I'm like, that could have caused me to miss out on the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And in those moments, are we willing to step out in faith and to trust God and to believe that God has great plans and purposes for our life? Or are we more gonna hold on to the doubt and the obstacles and the barriers? Here's the main point for us tonight. God calls us to push past the obstacle and the doubt and to trust him to do the impossible. Now, here's the deal. Even though Abraham trusted God and his promise, God didn't bring it about right away. In fact, it was another 15 years that Abraham and Sarah had to wait around for God's timing where they had to just trust God. And hold on to that promise that he had made and the sign that he had given him. And Abraham and Sarah even got impatient along the way. And they tried to take matters into their own hands. But Abraham learned to continually have to trust God. It wasn't just a moment thing. But a day-by-day thing where he had to learn to trust God to do the impossible. And then be patient for God's timing. And as big of a challenge as this is. And in that moment, that was probably the biggest thing that Abraham had faced. It turns out this isn't the biggest challenge that Abraham faces. In a couple weeks, we're going to look at that next challenge. And this challenge that Abraham is facing, this moment where do you believe me? Are you willing to trust me? Help prepare him for the next challenge that lied ahead. So my question tonight as we close is, what about you? What obstacles are standing in your way tonight that are keeping you from stepping out in faith and believing who God says he is? What situations are you allowing to keep you from walking in obedience to what God's called you to do? What promises has God put before you that you are looking at reality and you're saying, yeah, God, that sounds like a great thing, but I don't think that could come true for me. God wants to take our story and make it a part of his bigger story. But in order for you and I to be a part of that, it's going to take us stepping out in faith. We're not going to be able to be a part of the story that God is writing and wants to write in our lives and to expect to do it 
without putting, having those moments where we trust God. And why I say God wants to bring us to bring those doubts and those things to him is because God wants to use that to push us into those moments where he develops that radical faith that is so, that is so necessary for our daily walk with him. And for all of us, that process starts. That starting point is us coming into a relationship with him. If tonight you've never come to a place in your life where you've put your faith and trust in Jesus as Savior. Where Jesus gave up his life for us and we talked about sin that that was that barrier that separated and cut the ties that God had between us as human beings. And there was nothing that we can do to fix it, to resolve it. And yet Jesus stepped in as the hero in the story and he gave up his life and he and he reconnected, made it possible for us to be reconnected in relationship to God. And your starting point and my starting point is to come to a place in our life where we say, God, I need to be forgiven for my sin. God, I want to be restored. I want that relationship to be restored with you. God, I want to have that connection with you. I want to have that relationship with you. And so God, in faith, I'm stepping out and I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking for you to repair that broken relationship and to make me right with you. And when you do that, that is the starting point for you to be invited into God's bigger story. Now all of a sudden it's God's plans and God's purposes and all these things that God has in store for you. And this day-by-day walk with God where he shows so much about who he is and he reveals so much about who he's calling you to be. And what God has the the power and the ability to do, he's inviting all of us in the room to be a part of. And if you've never taken that step, then tonight could be the turning point for you. And it really is as simple, whether right now in your seat or in just a few minutes when you go to small group, you talk to your leader, you just have that moment where you cry out to God and you say, God, I understand that my sin separates me from you. That, that, that sin has gotten in the way. It's severed that relationship. And God, I want that relationship to be restored. And Jesus made it possible. And so I'm trusting you as my savior and asking you to forgive me. And then for the rest of us who have taken that step and done that, what are those obstacles? What are those moments? And are we willing to step out in faith and allow God to to use us for his plans, for his purposes, for his story. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the story of Abraham. God, we thank you for, God, just getting a, a picture of this calling, these commands that you've given him and promises that you've attached to that. God, these promises that you have for, for us, God, they do require something of us. They do require us to step out in faith and to trust you. And so, God, I know for so many students in this room, God, that is, a, that is an issue. God, that is something that they struggle with. And God, for whatever reason, that becomes, there's that barrier in the way that's preventing them from stepping out and trusting you. And so, God, I pray that for students who are that way, God, that you would just give them the ability to come to you with that. And God, like we talked about earlier, that you would turn our moments of doubt 
into moments where you respond and develop radical faith in us. And God, just like you did the impossible through Abraham, God, you can do the impossible through us. And God, the impossible started by making us right with you only through Jesus. And so God, I pray if there are students in the room tonight who have never trusted you as their Savior, God, I pray that they would not leave this place tonight until they've taken that step, that they would talk to their small group leader. God, that they would spend a moment by themselves just just with you and to be able to cry out to you and accept that forgiveness that you offer. God, thank you that you call us to something much bigger than, than anything we could accomplish on our own. Thank you, God, that you invite us to be a part of your story. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.